0: Welcome to the Make Magic podcast. I'm your host, Liz Spears, marketing coach and consultant for heart-led, purpose-fueled, ambitious business owners who are on a mission to live out their wildest dreams and who don't settle for anything less than extraordinary. My mission with this podcast is to inspire and empower you to make magic with your marketing, your business, and your life. I'll be bringing you conversations with a range of incredibly inspirational coaches healers and experts to expand your mind level up your business and enrich your life one episode at a time if you're someone who believes in magic and works at intentionally cultivating a life full of abundance then this podcast is for you hi loves i hope you're good today so in this episode We have the amazing Sarah Hunter chatting with us and what a woman. (laughs) She is a hypnotherapist and a breathwork practitioner and all-round coach who guides women to transform their life and business by supporting them to release limiting beliefs and self-doubt. And her big thing is regulating and preparing the nervous system for big success for wild success um, and that could look like onboarding more clients into your business hosting larger programs and receiving more fi- financial reward for your work um, and you know it's her belief and i completely agree with her that if your nervous system isn't in a position to be able to take those things on then it's just not going to happen for you you know our bodies and our minds our egos are designed to keep us safe and next level growth can look unsafe to the subconscious to those things so this is some super powerful work that Sarah's doing and the conversation is super juicy really really informative so I hope you enjoy And just before we jump into the episode, I would love to share with you a bit more about my marketing moon magic workshops. If you haven't heard about these already, they are monthly workshops that I host around the time of the full moon, and I use the energies of the full moon to guide you through releasing what's no longer serving you and your marketing anymore so that you can jump into next level you. The full moon is here to illuminate our shadows and to illuminate what's no longer working, what's no longer in alignment, what's no longer feeling good. So we illuminate together through a really powerful journaling ritual and we step into the next level. So the way I like to describe these sessions is they're like a women's circle meets a really practical content marketing masterclass. I love astrology um, and I love using it as a modality to give a bit of structure and a bit of a framework in order to come up with some amazing ideas for content. So the first half of the session, we go through this um, this journaling ritual we share. There's no obligation to, um, but if you want to share in the chat box, share with each other. Some people come off mute, breakthroughs are had, realizations are had, and then the energy shifts, and we move into teachings of the next zodiac sign. So, this next workshop that I have coming up on Tuesday, the 15th of February, is um, upcoming Pisces season, so we'll be talking about the full moon in Leo. And then we'll be talking about upcoming Pisces season and how we can use the collective energies that are going to be happening at that time to um, essentially inspire our content creation. It's so much fun. It's super magical. You can join for just £27 from one off ticket. I've also created a membership so you can pay, you can join the membership um you can leave at any time that works out 22 pounds a month and there's also an annual membership where you pay up front and that's 16 pounds a month there's three different options there um it can be found on my website so go and check it out and I really look forward to seeing some of you there okay let's get into the episode hey Sarah how are you doing I'm good thank you my love how are you doing Good, i really good, thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you. So shall we kick off with you introducing yourself to everyone?
1: I'd love to and thank you so much for having me today. So I am Sarah, I'm a coach to bold leaders who desire to create wildly magnetic launches and also consistency within their business. So I use hypnotherapy, rebirthing breath work, and also delve into inherited trauma. So all of the powerful mindset and energetics to help support nervous system expansion. And this means like releasing any energetic blocks and helping you to call in all of those things that we desire, more clients, more income, and creating really big impact with our beautiful businesses. Amazing.
0: Yeah, I'm really, really excited for this conversation, because my personal journey of entrepreneurship has been from a place of focusing on strategy, Mm -hmm. like focusing on setting up my business, and, and really all of this this kind of like crazy wild super fun journey started when I started offering coaching
1: Mm. so
0: really it went hand in hand with when I started to promote myself online because previously with my consultancy all of my work came through recommendation or me out outreaching to businesses and basically just kind of um Behind the scenes stuff. And then, as soon as I was getting visible and starting to promote myself and do all of the things on social media that I was previously advising others do, but also (laughs) actually doing it myself, (laughs) that's when all the shit came up and it was time to, you know, um, go in and do a lot of inner work. Mm. But in the beginning, I worked with a coach and we were mostly just focused on strategy mostly just focused on you know the marketing plan the mm-hmm. the practical side of learning how to do things and I got going with it and you know got stuck really yeah. so personally I've been stuck on such a an amazing journey with all of the Reprogramming subconscious stuff and and getting through stucks uh, stucks sticky icky yeah. s- situations that have yeah made me feel stuck and so I'd love to talk to that beginning stage for the women who are listening that are in that initial stage and they're like. You know everything you're saying sounds amazing, but wow, these modalities feel quite new to me. What can I expect? Mm-hmm. How do I take the first step to getting through this? Um, yeah, this current sticky situation I'm in.
1: Yeah, I think you know, when especially at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey, like I, I don't think there's enough spoken about that. Yes, strategy is important and all those logical masculine things, but also like. It's really like a vulnerable place to put yourself out there, both physically, like emotionally, like putting yourself out there, putting your beautiful offers out there. And it brings up, as we all know, like so much stuff, right? Like any worry that you've had as like a teenager or as a young person, anything you've experienced, like it seems to not really matter what it is. It will just come up and show itself in any way possible whether you I don't know have fear around like people liking you or for me like I had such a big thing around my accent and my voice like it shows up so differently for everyone that I think that you know it's just acknowledging that we all have a story within us and I think the first um, the first thing to do is just bring awareness to it and just accept and send love to that place that you know, we all do have something like, no matter who you see online, it's not just all butterflies and rainbows, wherever you are on your journey that like, everyone is experiencing some story about themselves. And I think when you bring awareness to that, it almost you know, I almost kind of play with mine when they come up. I'm like, great, here you are again. This story's coming up. Why are you here now? What are you trying to tell me? Okay, it's all right. Nothing bad's going to happen. You're okay. What can we do to make you feel better? Because it's just your subconscious freaking out that it's not safe. Like all of these stories and things that are coming up, it's just freaking out a little bit. And I think the first thing is bringing awareness and then just helping it feel better helping it feel more safe
0: Mm. yeah I remember you mentioning that thing about your voice on Instagram Mm -hmm. a while ago actually and it's funny yesterday I had one of my things come up that I thought I was over but you know (laughs) there it was again of course somebody um, a, a lovely lovely woman who I've met on a course recently we've been you know just chatting in the DMs and she said to me do you mind me asking how old you are? This this question is just killing me. I can't figure it out. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> you could be 25 or you could be 30 or you could be this. And I'm 33.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And people have always thought that I am younger than I am throughout my whole life. And okay. when I started putting put myself out there online, I was like, I don't know it just kind of came up as that oh what if they think I'm not as experienced as I am I really want people to know how much experience I have and oh I think even at times I'd be like oh I feel like my voice sounds like a little baby and (laughs) and and in the beginning I didn't really have much awareness around what the subconscious kept telling me on repeat yeah and and then when i identified it i realized that everyone has something like that mm-hmm. everyone probably yes. has something about the way they look or sound mm-hmm. or something yeah. <laughs> and, and you know us humans are so bloody similar but we
1: forget yeah.
0: we create the separation and go I'm the broken one and everyone else is amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, and the the funny thing is about the, like, the age thing. Like, I have had one client who thought that they were too young and another client that thought that they were too old, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I think, and I think this thing here is that, like, there is no too young and there is no too old. It's just your story, like, your projection. And I think to remind, like, to remind the listeners that, like, your subconscious will do everything it can to prove that you're right about this thing, this story. So like, that, like say for example, you said about your age, like, so anytime someone picks it up, you're like, right here, this is proof. Or like anytime that your voice sounds like, no one, no one really likes the way they signed a recording. So anytime you hear your voice, it's like, see, this is proof. And it will like, <laughs> do its best to go out and search for everything that it can to show you that you are correct even when it's just bullshit mm-hmm. yeah how
0: can we get closer to or gain more clarity around what we're telling ourselves because I remember my journey of this was like I've, I've been working with an amazing coach for the past year working through all of this subconscious reprogramming and I remember in the beginning she said what is your subconscious telling you and I found it really challenging to listen to exactly what it was saying. I kind of could identify the vibe, but not really the words. So yeah, I'd love to know what your tips are around that.
1: You know, I think it's just coming back to that awareness piece. And I think I think this is the, the great thing when you do work with a coach or work with someone, because, you know, we all have blind spots, right? Like sometimes something that is so obvious to someone else, we just don't see ourselves. But I think just bringing awareness to what keeps cropping up, like what feeling or what belief or like what experience keeps coming up in your life, in your business that keeps being like, hey, this thing is real for you. Even though again, like even though it's not, I think just bringing awareness to that and then being like, is this actually the truth? You know, and I think that there is so much in that, like to know that you have your truth someone else has their truth and then there's the actual truth of a situation like and I think that when you you put that lens on on a belief and think well actually like is this real or is this just a story for me it it puts the power back to you you know and I think that so much of the time it feels disempowering like oh I've had this story for such a long time and this has just been my my belief system for such a long time but actually when you put that power back into you that actually you get to decide what it is that you think and you get to you know once you've brought awareness to that change how you're feeling how you're thinking I think that that's something that's just so empowering and helps you to actually move forward in you know the direction that you want to go Hmm. yeah
0: yeah knowing that how you're currently feeling about yourself and the patterns that are coming up like it doesn't have to be that way moving exactly. forward you
1: don't
0: yeah, absolutely. You really Don't have to give up
1: <laughs> yeah and you know it's like we all have these like energetic blocks and it, as I said like sometimes it is a bit of a blind spot for ourselves maybe something that someone else keep, can see that you can't but I think that you know knowing that you do have a choice to to do something about it you know you don't just have to live with it that you you can make those really beautiful changes Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so I know you talk a lot on social media about regulating the nervous system Mm -hmm. so that we can um call in a greater number of clients and essentially call in a, a bigger success in our business. Cause yes. we can, you know, we can follow manifestation steps. We can set mm-hmm. goals. I know that all of my listeners are really, really ambitious women. And, and you work with, you know, women, yeah. Who have big goals. They really want to make great success for themselves mm-hmm. But they can find themselves in a position where they set a goal for, yeah, say like 20 people for the first group program mm-hmm. and then they don't call in that many people. And yeah. I know that you talk around like, you know, it's it's not always or it's not often because you didn't do things right in your launch it's because actually your nervous system wasn't ready for it. So I'd love to learn more about this
1: from you. I absolutely love this topic because I think that there is such, there's such an addiction to quantum leaps and speaking about quantum leaps in the industry. And I think the other, the flip side of that conversation is your nervous system, because whilst I'm very ambitious, the women I work with are, you know, and I know they are for you as well, but the, the flip side of that ambition is is your nervous system actually prepared to hold more? And whether that's more clients, more more team members, more income, and whilst quantum leaps sounds sexy and our mind loves the idea of calling in, you know, that example of like 20 people into your group program, what would that actually feel like in reality? you know, if you actually allowed yourself to think I have 20 people in my group program right now, is it overwhelming? Would your diary feel too, like there's too many people in there. There's too many calls. Like, would you then be worried about how many taxes you're paying? Like all these other things, like there's something, um, in hypnotherapy that we work with called secondary benefits. And the thing is when things don't work out as as you plan these big goals, it's usually because you're actually getting a secondary benefit of it not working out. So for example, it's a really bad example, but like say smoking, you get the, the nicotine, but actually you get something else from it. You get a break from work, you get a break from your kids, you, you get to socialize more, all these other things, they are the secondary benefit. And I think that a lot of the times that when things don't work out, even if your marketing is on point, even if you have people in your community, even if the pricing is on point, you have a beautiful offer that actually there could be a, a benefit that you're not consciously aware of, that actually it's better for you if you don't hit that goal. And I know it can be a little bit triggering to hear that and a bit confusing. People are like, no, no, genuinely, I'd love to have 20 people but actually when you dive into it there is something that is helping their nervous system stay where they are right now
0: mm. and does it does it ultimately come back to safety is mm. it is it because it would feel unsafe to do you know call in the 20 people or whatever
1: Yeah usually I mean sometimes it can be something else like maybe you wouldn't get the support from someone but a lot of the time it's that safety of like feeling overwhelmed feeling like would I shit myself if I had 20 people in my group program you know like (laughs) we all have these these um these big goals but unless you actually work with someone to expand your capacity and actually be like actually what would it be like to have those 20 people? Okay, I would feel overwhelmed. Okay, why are you feeling overwhelmed? Well, because of X and because of Y. And then actually when you look at them logically, and this is the other, I guess the other um, nuance part of this conversation is that logically it may not make sense, but your subconscious doesn't work with the logical. You know, it works with the old stories, the things that have been passed down to you from maybe your parents or older generations. And it's not always obvious the things are keeping us safe. I know even for me, like even in the last couple of months, I've realized I've had a story about how many one to one clients I want to work with. And when I looked into it, it was because a number that I had in my head was like, well, that's just too ridiculous or that would be too overwhelming. That would be too many calls in my diary. And I like spaciousness. I was like, well, hang on. Actually, logically, I know that I can take on more <laughs> clients, and since then, I've called in more clients. And you know, that's it's no coincidence that being able to understand and have this awareness of this this belief that I was holding has actually allowed me to expand my capacity. Because mm. there's so much linked with these
0: blind spots or limiting beliefs and all the stuff that's happening in the subconscious isn't it because you know motivation is massively affected and yes. I know I've certainly been there where I've had these lulls and I'm like why do I not feel motivated to be doing the things in my business why do I not feel you know as excited or passionate as I am used to yeah and then recognizing okay, again, there can be so many things that are tied in with that. Like, are you looking after yourself well enough? Mm-hmm. Are you getting enough sleep? All those foundational things. But but is there something underneath it that's, yeah, stopping you from going for it? For example, I don't know, if right now for my next group program, I was to set myself the goal of a thousand people, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that would affect <laughs> the way I'm going to show up because I'd yeah. just be like, well, that's not possible in my subconscious. Yeah. hmm so, but like why my subconscious would probably be like, Why even bother? And then yes. all of a sudden the motivation would, you know, everything. Exactly. Would
1: you know, and I, I love that you say that because I think that it then It then changes the way you're going to market the program. Oh, well, I'm obviously not going to get a thousand people in. So what's the point in doing that Instagram live? Well, I'm obviously not going to get the thousand people in. So I won't really bother with the sales page because who's going to read it anyway? And it's really small parts, but actually all of those things will actually lead you to to not calling them in, you know, and and not sharing the beautiful details of this new offering.
0: Mm. Because you've given up before you've even
1: really begun
0: exactly. without realising.
1: And uh, Because it's safer. You know, you don't want the disappointment of not having the thousand people. You don't want to to have this proof that like, see, I told you you couldn't do it. You know, it's just all those old stories and old experiences just rearing their ugly head.
0: Mm-hmm. So is it best for us to. Like, how, how do we go about setting goals that feel safe, but also kind of challenge us a little bit? We don't want it yeah. to feel super easy or like we don't want to set the same goals that we set last time. How do we feel, find that middle ground?
1: Yeah, you know, I love talking about stretching the edge. Like we shouldn't be just playing in our comfort zone. Like nothing changes when you stay in that, that comfortable space. But also, you know, like you you said, the example of the thousand, like we would just freak out. Our subconscious, our nervous system mm-hmm. would just freak out if we suddenly went from, I don't know, five people to a thousand. And I think it's all about stretching the edge. And I think, you know, something that um, I remember at the beginning of my journey, one of my coaches was like, it's really important that the price that people invest in you, you feel comfortable saying, you know, if you're on a, a connection call or whatever it is that you call it, and you go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm 5,000 pounds. Oh, no one's going to invest, you know, or even if it's, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred pounds. Could you please give me a hundred pounds? I don't know if I'm really worth it, but you know, I'm a hundred, you know, whereas if you're confidently saying it and it feels like, oh, this feels a bit juicy, but actually this feels good. I think it's the same when you think of any number or like the amount of clients, the, your, your price points or even putting yourself online like does it feel good or actually even when I think about it am I going oh my god I can't believe I'm gonna say that I can't believe I'm gonna do this this is ridiculous and I think it's trusting yourself and I think calling yourself out a little bit like are you playing small or actually are you just playing in the realms of like what feels good for you right now?
0: Mm. yeah because I guess it could go the other way if you're playing small then I can imagine that really affects motivation as well Mm.
1: because
0: I don't know yeah I think it would for me you know that I I want to assume that most people listening like a healthy challenge and so if Mm -hmm. you're just kind of continually going for the same numbers then it gets a bit
1: easy boring (laughs) yeah and I think as well like For for me, I have a big belief that, you know, you need to feel safe when you're investing in someone, your time, your money, your energy, but it does need to feel a little bit stretchy, whatever price point it is, or whatever commitment it is, on whatever level you are, because I feel like when you invest in that stretchy place that you're so much more invested in yourself. Like you're going to show up differently. Whereas if it's like, just, I don't know, say five pounds, you're like, well, you know, like that's the the same price as a glass of wine. If I miss my call, who cares? Whereas Mm. if it's a stretchy place, you're like, well, no, I've invested in this. I'm going to show up to this. And it's just so much more of a different experience when you're coming from that place, right?
0: Yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah, if something's um, too cheap for you, then mm-hmm. yeah, the the commitment isn't there, even if it's not really much of a conscious thing. It's like the subconscious is not valuing it high enough mm. to make you do the work ultimately. Yes. Yeah and
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting one. And when I first learned about that, I think, in the beginning, I was perhaps like really confused about how to price my, mm. my offerings yeah, and wanted to be really accessible. But then when I looked at how I was investing in myself, my coaching, my business, mm. I was confidently investing and it felt stretchy, but I wanted to work with people who felt like to me, yeah, a bit of a stretch investment. I wasn't actually looking for I certainly wasn't looking for cheap. And mm. there is a correlation between price and, and quality. And I think for me, yeah, as long as you're coming from a truly authentic place, yes. it's it's, it's going to work out because you have to feel like, like you say when you're on delivery, um, discovery calls or chemistry calls or you're talking about your services on social media, when you say that number it has to feel 100% authentic and aligned. Otherwise you're literally lying to
1: people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think as well, like to speak from like the coach side of things, like, gosh, you really don't want to get to a place where you're like resenting or coming, you know, from that place of like resenting, showing up to calls or or selling your programs. Cause you're like, well, I just, I just don't want to sell it at this price point anymore. Like I know yeah. I'm worth more. And I think that, You need to also sell at a point where you bring the best of yourself. You're showing up because you're like, yes, like this feels really good. And I'm bringing the best of me to these calls for the person. Whereas I think if it was like half of the price, I think I'd, I'd show up with half the energy, you know, and this is whatever price you're, you're point you're, you're selling your, the services at that you need to feel really good so that you're showing up as your best self for your clients as well. Mm. yeah
0: definitely um I think probably what I meant just there about lying to people it's actually lying to yourself Mm. if you're saying a price that actually feels like you're doing yourself a disservice then yeah it's going to come out in a way that like you said earlier it kind of feels dodgy when it comes out like Mm. oh my prices are 100 it's like what's going on here? Something shady (laughs) happening.
1: (laughs) You know, and I guess it comes back to that, like trusting yourself, you know, trusting that you are doing the right thing for yourself and for your business. Like, yes, it's great to see what's going on in the industry, but actually trusting that your offers are right for you and right for the people that you're calling in as well. You know, I was speaking to one of my clients recently who was like, you know, I, I want to have a bigger like product suite, suite. She's, you know, we're, we're aiming at the moment for like hundred, 200K months. So, you know, the kind of woman that she's speaking with, she was like, well, maybe I should do one-to-ones. I don't really like them. I prefer doing group programs, but you know, maybe I should just be offering one-to-ones as well now to get to that, that income level. I was like, but your face is all screwed up when you're talking about one-to-ones. Do you really want to do them? And she was like, well, actually, and then she told me about this this other idea she had for her program and her whole face lit up. And I was like, well, just because it's working for someone else, you need to trust that it works like this is what works for you. Like you're great at leading group programs and it comes back to that trust like yes you can see what's going on in the coaching industry or whatever industry you're on and and see what prices there are out there see how people are doing things but it really comes back to trusting yourself and trusting that you know what's best for your business and for the kind of clients that will want to work with you as well
0: mm.
1: yeah that trust piece is
0: huge mm. isn't it mm. really, really huge Yes. um I love that I love that so much I think that's such a key takeaway from this conversation like trust yourself journal on it I don't know what other tips do you have about like continually connecting to the trust factor
1: I'm all about the proof and this is because your subconscious loves the proof and it's you know, people talk about trust, but actually how much trust, like how much time do they spend on their own self-trust? You know, do you say, oh, I'm going to go out for a coffee this week and then break that promise to yourself? Do you tell yourself that, I don't know, when you sign that next one-to-one client that you're going to celebrate and then you never do it, breaking the trust with yourself and all of these small things throughout your life, like it's important to To actually work on that relationship with yourself and build that trust like you would with a partner, like you would with a friend and not breaking things that feel like really small promises, building it up. And so for me, it's all about the small steps of building up your trust, even if it's like trusting your intuition, trusting what you're doing, who you're investing with, how you're showing up because all of those little things are proof to your subconscious that actually like it's all working out you can trust yourself you can trust your decisions and that at the end of the day is what your mind and what your body needs for trust Mm.
0: yeah okay so on that note body and nervous system how do you work with clients to get them to a place where their nervous system is calm relaxed and in that vibration of trust, how does it all work?
1: I'm so glad you, you asked that because I think so many of us, when we've come from other, like when we've come from corporate or other jobs, you know, we're so used to in our society, like the hustle, the adrenaline, the push. And the thing is with adrenaline, it, it helps you get stuff done, you know? And if you're used to being in that place, when you relax, it can actually freak you out a little bit because you're just not used to, to being so relaxed. And I'm not talking about like margaritas on the beach when the sun goes down, like that sounds amazing. But, you know, like pure, actual nervous system reset relaxation, like we're so used to being on that for some people it can take time to actually reset back to neutral and know that it's safe to do that because you know so many of us are having the tv on and scrolling on social media having a conversation and you know doing all these different things which I hate to tell you if you are doing that like it's all a way for you to not switch off to not come back down to balance your energy and it's actually like it's a way of not entertaining those fears. And for me, it's so important to help my clients straight away, like do an energy reset, like when they come to work with me, it's the first thing that we do to just bring them back to that, like equilibrium, you know, to bring them back from the the cusp of burnout, if they are to know that it's, it's safe and that nothing bad's going to happen. Again, it all comes down to your subconscious because when you're not used to doing that, you can freak out a little bit. And I think that sometimes, yes, you can do it yourself with, you know, meditation practices, breathwork practices, whatever it is that you do, but actually having that support from someone else who can really see where you are currently and really You know, sometimes it takes a slow, gradual process to coming back to that, like, stabilization. So that actually from there, you can then quickly, like, collapse time and go back to that, not hustle, but coming from that really energized, positive place. So instead of it being, like, adrenaline, hustle, and push, it's actually just more, like, focused energy and feels really positive and feels really, like, fuck yes, this feels good.
0: Mm, yeah like that healthy masculine push yes exactly yesterday I had the experience of I had overstimulated myself throughout the day mm-hmm, and yeah. because I've been doing so much work on this regulating my nervous system and, and all of this stuff mm. it I was really easily easily able to identify what I had done <laughs> what yeah. had caused it mm-hmm. and I was like wow this used to be such a familiar feeling but now it's so unfamiliar yeah. so I was starting to cook dinner my husband came home he started asking me some questions about something we were having done in the house and I just felt a little bit agitated because was like mm-hmm. I can't I can't listen to you and cook I would usually be fine um I felt like my head was really fuzzy like Mm. I couldn't think straight and I was like it's because I've been on my screens for too long I packed in too many calls into my day yesterday
1: Mm.
0: and during my downtime in between calls I was sitting on the sofa on my phone
1: (laughs) (laughs) is there any wonder many people could resonate
0: (laughs) (laughs) so in the first instance, when we start to do this kind of work, how Mm. do we identify that our nervous system is in a heightened state? Mm. What are those symptoms? I guess I've just explained some of them, but
1: (laughs) yeah. And you know what, it's so personal to the person that it can be, you know, are you just agitated that someone's just talking to you? You know, is it the you are not sleeping very well is it that your body feels really tired and achy like are you getting really short and snappy with people that you would normally have lots of time for you know I think it's it's just so important for you and I guess it comes back to this trust again of like you tuning into yourself and trusting that you know what feels good in your body and what's like oh you know what we've pushed it a little bit too far and I think so many of my clients when they first come to work with me are like no I don't need to take space no I don't need to you know have have these other practices but actually you know once they've worked with me for a little while they're like I really enjoy the spaciousness you know the the allowing myself to reset back to calm and I think it's when you have that awareness like like you said that because you've been working on it for a little while you were like right my head feels fuzzy I'm getting agitated by my husband (laughs) even though I'm like only cooking and I think that you know it's really tuning into your own energy and what what feels right for you and sometimes it can be a little bit difficult if you've been in that overstimulated pushing, burning out energy for a long time, because that's just what's going to feel normal for you, right? But I think it's being, again, really honest with yourself and being like, should I actually be feeling this way? Should I be only surviving off five hours sleep a night? And I think that honesty needs to come with a little bit of love as well and a little bit of forgiveness if needed. And yeah, just taking it one step at a time, you know, not just going fully like, I'm going to take a month off work and I'm not going to do anything because, you know, <laughs> that doesn't always work out. But I think just taking that one step at a time. Mm. And in my experience of it, uh,
0: the one step at a time allows you to commit and then have that trust mm. factor, like you were saying earlier, because if I was, I'm not, I'm not naturally a routine person and mm. I have you know, I've learned this over the the last few months, but um if all of a sudden I was like right I'm gonna have a bath every morning and then I'm gonna have two hours out at lunchtime every day I wouldn't stick to it (laughs) it doesn't work to me and then therefore I'd kind of be berating myself again about something else you know Mm -hmm. um so I know that you support people with energetic ties so energetic ties to ancestors past life and also all of the stuff that's happened in our childhood that affects how we are, how we be now. So I'd love to ask you, what are energetic ties to start off with? And then what are these different kind of types of energetic ties?
1: So, you know, there's so many experiences that we have through, from the moment that we're born, but also the experiences of our, our parents our caregivers our you know our bigger extended families the there's so many stories that we're told that these are sort of energetic ties to us you know I'm sure that we've we've all heard stories from our parents of like money doesn't grow on trees and like all those kind of money stories I think money is always a good one because it doesn't it doesn't matter where you are what um How much money your family has it's either spoken about or like my family was like we don't speak about money or maybe it's like there's always enough money or never enough money and i think money is a great one because everyone everyone deals with money and these stories that are either from our own experiences as children or passed on to us from family members or our ancestors They tie us in some way to a story, to a belief that then impacts us as adults. And sometimes we're we're aware of them. Sometimes we have no, no awareness consciously of what they are. And I think that this is where I see such a big impact with my clients, you know, because we are calling in more wealth. We are calling in more clients, obviously, to create the wealth. And there's so many stories and experiences from either their parents, you know, people that have experienced like lottery wins or people that have lost or their money in like in one of the wars or, you know, they've created different businesses and all of these stories, all of these ties are tying us to these beliefs, to these experiences. And actually they're impacting the way that we then relate to money our perception of money or whatever the tie is to and changes the way that we work with it or how we feel about it as well
0: Mm. yeah isn't it fascinating that not only things are ways our parents were things that happen within our immediate family growing up that affect us but also Things our parents went through with their parents, and even yes. further back, um, mm-hmm. it's it's mad. Like how many how many generations typically affect us now in the here and now?
1: So usually it's three. So there's lots of scientific data as well to to clarify this. They think it goes back as far as seven. Now the reason is generally you know. And, and to just generalize, you know about your parents, you know about their parents, and then you know about your great grandparents, but then everything gets a little bit foggy <laughs> after mm-hmm. then, unless it's like something really big, people tend mm-hmm. to not have so much information. So whilst there could be an, et- an, an energetic tie further on from that, that's when it gets to be, well, it's not really in our awareness. Maybe that's when I start looking at like uh, other things. But generally things are passed down through parents, the grandparents. And I think especially we have to remember, like there's so many for people of our age of like our great grandparents were alive when there was a war, you know, and and that brings up so many stories of, you know, to to come back to that money of like a black and of scarcity or of just so many stories that actually I find that most of my clients things tend to stem from that like period either grandparents or or down
0: mm.
1: yeah I can't remember what
0: triggered this memory but earlier on this week I remembered that my grandma during the second world war got sent away when she was five mm. um you know sent away to a a random family, and that massively affected her. I think she had real kind of abandonment issues or mm. challenges, you know, stuff yeah. around it. And so it was just a memory that pinged into my head, something my mum told me years ago that happened to my mm. grandma. My grandma never spoke about it, but my yeah. mum knew that it was obviously a big deal. Mm. And so then I started to ponder, like, I wonder whether that's affecting me in some way, you know? Mm. Absolutely. Um how can we start to like identify these if people are listening and they're like, Oh, I know this traumatizing thing happened to a grandparent. How do we, how do we um, link it with ourselves?
1: Well, I guess the first thing that I want to say there, like, especially, especially as women, because like when you're, so with your grandmother, her, when she was pregnant with your mother, your mum at some point would have already created the eggs of where you came from while she was in your grandmother. So, and there's there's so much if you want to be the logical scientific, like there's so much data of like things actually being passed down through like through the grandmother through the mum into the the cells of her eggs, like i.e. you, of like all of those experiences being passed down. So you know, and I'm not saying this to be like, yes, you have abandonment things. (laughs) My point, but, you know, I think just to to really like, really reiterate that like, yes, like things that your grandmother experienced, if you are experiencing them right right now, that it could be related to that. And I think it's, you know, we don't always need to know all of the information, but I think just having awareness of like things that have happened in, in your family unfortunately it from my my work with Mark Bolin if you know him his book is absolutely amazing I've, I've trained with Mark of like you don't need to know but generally the secrets are the things that definitely get passed down like the things that aren't spoken about the things that families are like no we don't talk about that one thing that happened with that one uncle like those stories are going to mm. be passed down energetically through through the family But I think just having awareness of like things that have happened, like, and these are the big things, the, the, the deaths, the divorces, especially years ago, obviously it wasn't really like, it was kind of frowned upon still, you know, people that have had big, big experiences, like lost all their money if they've, um experienced addiction these things like the, the big moments that we have in our lives that are generally the things that do get passed down and I think that sometimes I know that one of my clients recently found out something about her grandmother and it was like a light bulb went off that's how she experienced it that like you know when her dad told her this story it was like oh my gosh okay this is exactly what I've been experiencing in my relationships as well and I think that sometimes it can it can almost be a little bit reassuring when you're experiencing something or when you have a belief around something and you're like I just don't know where this comes from I've never had an experience with with this around money or love or whatever it is and I just don't know why I have this feeling But this is my my truth. This is my experience. And I think that once you know stories of things that have happened in your family, you're like, okay, maybe that's where it comes from, because things generally get spoken about, even if you're not consciously aware, like, parents will say things to their children when they think they're not listening listening and Mm -hmm. so many things happen we're just soaking up that information like a sponge even if we're not consciously aware that we are
0: Mm. yeah yeah powerful stuff Mm. and so what
1: modalities would you use in your work to work through this kind of stuff so i I use hypnotherapy. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and rebirthing breath work. So the inherited trauma like it really depends how it shows up. but usually it's the rebirthing breath work to really help you release. And again, it's usually like literally in the cells of your body and i've I've had experiences myself with breathwork where you can, it's hard to describe because it's not like you're re-experiencing something, but it's almost like a thought pops into your head of, let's just say money. And then it's almost like you can feel it being released from your body. And it's kind of hard to explain unless you've, um, you've been guided through a, a breath work session, which is different from just breathing practices, but you can feel, energetically, like a weight has been lifted and you can feel the difference within you. And quite honestly, like it's quite, it still blows my mind even now that I've been doing it for a while, like how quickly people will change how they feel about a subject after experiencing it through breath work or hypnotherapy, actually being able to clear those energetic blocks and really be able to move on from them and unfortunately it's not really something that you can facilitate for yourself it is something that you need to have someone who is well trained in these areas but it's so empowering to know that that kind of work is out there if you are experiencing these kinds of things mm.
0: yes you just described my own personal experience of this work as well so we're all so individual we're all drawn to different modalities to work through our own through our own shit (laughs) um I've tried lots of different things and for me the rebirthing breath work and the deep subconscious stuff has been so quick at working Mm -hmm. through things versus um, traditional talk therapy personally for me Mm-hmm. I'm not quashing that. I'm not, you know, for me, it has literally felt like, you know, bam, 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 working yes. through stuff. Mm. And in breath work, yeah, it feels like all of a sudden the subconscious will pop, bring something in mm. and I try not to my my personality you can probably tell through some of these questions is like I love delving deep I love understanding I love like (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm the details person yeah and so it's been a journey to just kind of let things come up and not try to dig and and let go and sometimes that let go will feel like it'll feel like a bubbling and then tears come sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like sobbing because the emotion and the well the the stuff is coming out through emotion like the energy mm-hmm. is literally being released yeah and, and yeah it's like a couple of days later once it's all kind of integrated and everything in the subconscious has been wearing and doing its stuff potentially um I can feel so differently about things mm. and, and, I, and I truly call that magic you know that yes. organically over time my own messaging has become a lot around magic this podcast is called the make magic podcast because this work is magic
1: (laughs) it really is and I I love that you said that because I think that so myself included like I'm one foot in the logical scientific and one foot in the spirituality and the like intangibles and I think it's when you open yourself to that magic that actually that's when things, you do allow things to change. And I I use the word allow because you can put that energetic block of like not wanting to, needing all the proof, needing all of the, the logical, but actually when you're open to it, there is so much magic available. And I think you know, as I said, it still blows my mind when clients have these, these big breakthroughs, because it's just like, when you get to witness it yourself, you're like, wow, this is amazing how quickly people can, you know, I had someone I worked with earlier this year that had had PTSD for years around something. Within just a few sessions, it was completely gone. You know, just, I think it just you know, and again, not to to quash talking therapies, CBT, everything works differently for everyone, but knowing that she had tried all these different things, nothing had worked for her. I was like, I was almost like her last resort. Mm. And actually it was just so affirming to see that this work can help people on such a deep level with things and really change their life. Mm, yeah wow
0: yes the work the work you're doing is truly magical and (laughs) thanks I'm so so excited for everyone who hasn't yet tried these modalities because there are huge huge things and transformations (laughs) awaiting yes (laughs) so I'd love to ask you real quick about your marketing. So this is a question Mm. that I've started asking most of my guests, you know, because of course I am a marketing expert. I'm a marketing gal and I'm just so intrigued to understand or like learn a little bit more about, um, the journey that my guests have been on. So typically Mm. my guests like you have been doing what you do for quite a long time. You're Mm -hmm. perhaps a, a few steps ahead from some of my listeners. Um, So my question for you is, what's your journey been like around marketing? Have you found it um, quite natural and and easy to to start putting yourself out there in the beginning? Or has it has it kicked up some challenges?
1: Oh, I mean, of course, there have been all of the all of the challenges, all of the things I think that there were parts that I innately found very easy and then there were things that I found really hard and I think we shared a bit in the beginning like my a big part of my story was my voice and like uh well if people read my Instagram it's the like so I'm from Bristol in the south of England and for years when I was a teenager I wanted to hide that I was Bristolian and, and the accent has been born not from wanting to, but people have asked me if I'm from all different locations around the world. My point being that now my clients come to work with me because they love my voice, because they love how soothing it is, they love how relaxing it is, it makes them feel really safe. And so, although I find it really challenging, actually. I kind of want to tell your listeners that it gets to be your superpower and uh, you know when you allow it to be that you may find it really difficult and challenging to show up like we all do at the beginning and I know for me like I found it okay being on camera but it was the, the speaking part that mm. I found personally quite difficult and I think it's just it's just allowing yourself to take it one step at a time. Like, and, and I think trusting yourself very early in my journey, I did work with someone on my marketing and I wish I trusted my intuition. I knew that they weren't quite the right fit and they asked me to do things. I wasn't, I wasn't completely on board with and so I kind of like half-assed it I was like yeah okay well I'll tell them I'm doing it but you could just see that I was not really on board and I think now trusting myself that when I do work with people like I work with them because I know that it feels really good and it helps me then show up in a whole different way and I think just knowing that you can take it one step at a time, like whether it's having your face on social media, whether it's talking on social media or whatever it is for your marketing. Like, I think when you take it one step at a time and stretch the edge of your comfort zone, I think that's the the sweet spot, like calling yourself out and pushing yourself a little bit, but not so far that you're like freaking freaking out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that um and I guess it's a case of doing the inner work one step at a time each mm. step requires a little bit of support sometimes yes. to work through the ickiness that's yeah stopping us super mm. interesting um amazing so we're starting to come to the end of the the chat I have mm. a couple of questions that I'd love to ask you started asking all amazing those. Okay. So the first one is, what's your favorite
1: mantra and why? So I don't know, well, I guess it is a mantra, but mine is just being open to possibilities because, you know, so much of my work is like the stories in our head, our limiting beliefs. And I think that all these things impact our decisions and the way that we show up in ways that we don't even realize. And we, we do block ourselves off from possibility. So I think for me, it's just staying open, staying open to what, what could be possible. That, that for me, I think is, is something that I like to, to keep within me.
0: Mm.
1: That's so beautiful. It feels really exciting. Mm, yeah because I feel like you're open to I think so much of the time when we have a goal we're like right this is the goal and it's going to work like this it's going to look like that but actually when you're open to possibilities you're open to like the unexpected as well like maybe things will work out but maybe not as you think or maybe they'll work out better you know sometimes the goals that we have We're really aligned but actually something bigger something better is is out there for us so yeah I love I love staying open to what's possible
0: Mm, I love that
1: I'm gonna write that down
0: (laughs) I remind myself every day (laughs) love it yeah I love that so much and my second question is so this podcast is called the make magic podcast as Mm -hmm. I've mentioned I'm all about the magic in all areas of life and the question is, what does creating a life feel filled with magic mean or look like or feel to you? A life full of magic. What is that? What is that
1: aversion version for you? Mm, I think for me, it's abundance. And when I say abundance, I mean abundance in all of its forms. I think so many people just associate abundance with money. And whilst it is that for me, it's the health, it's the deep connections, it's love. And for me personally, like time in nature, good food, like laughter. I think for me, that it's so easy to forget the essence of life is so magical, just as it is. You know, we forget from moment to moment. So for me, it's the magic is in the everyday abundance of of life and just being able to be grateful for them Mm.
0: yeah yeah the abundance mindset and then everything becomes so much more abundant when you see it through that lens
1: yeah it really does I think it's really you know when now I've been able to disconnect abundance from just being wealth and of course like for me abundance is also creating wealth but I think when you can see that it's it's about everything it's about your spaciousness in life it's about the connections you have with other people it's time outside it's whatever it is for you that I think when you move from lack or scarcity and move into abundance I think well I guess it comes back to that mantra of like just being open to the possibilities of what's available
0: mm. Mm. yeah I love that so much mm. uh, this has been so dreamy. Thank you <laughs> so much for your time, for your generous wisdom. Um, how can people find you and work with you if they're like,
1: give me this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for love my uh, for having me on. So. Currently, I have um, just my one-to-one private mentoring. So this looks like high-touch, high-level support. And this is either if you are launching something or if you are wanting to become the consistency queen. Um, So two different programs. And they are both one-to-one. They both include breathwork and hypnotherapy we dive into all of all of the topics i guess that we've covered today you know inherited trauma and childhood and the energetics the mindset all of the the deep stuff because you know the women that i work with desire big Change in their life and big to create big impact with their business. And so, yeah, so if they want to get in touch, they can find me on Instagram. It's just I am underscore Sarah Hunter. The website is just my name. So it's sarahunter.co.uk. And, you know, if anyone just has any takeaways or even just any questions from this episode, I would love for you to. To send me a DM and and just chat and just connect as well. I love it when people do that. Mm. And Sarah's Instagram is amazing.
0: She's she is the queen of consistency. And <laughs> posts. I always see your posts every single day, and they are so packed with juicy helpful tips and you know food for thought so I'll link all of that in the notes and amazing thank you just want to say humongous thank you thank you so much thank you so much for tuning in today I'm so grateful to have had you join us if you love today's episode take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Liz I'd love to connect with you all on there and I'd also love to ask for you to show me some love by leaving a rating or a review. I'd really, really appreciate that support. If you'd like to find out more about me and my marketing services for small business owners like you, check out the show notes for all the different ways we can work together or visit my website, lizkillersmarketing.com. Wishing you an amazing day and sending you lots and lots of love.